This is Byron Lazine and Nicole White, and you are tuned into episode 204 of The Real Word. Word is up. All right, Nicole, we've got, we're going to have a whole bunch of these to start the year. What what does that mean? A whole bunch of these. Well, there's we did the, the United Van Lines oh. last year. That's a different report than the one we're about to talk. Uh, we're about to go over. There's mm-hmm. also the U.S. Census. So this is very specific to this company's data. So racket yep. number one, mm-hmm. U-Haul Growth Index. Texas is the number one growth state of 2021. All right, so Texas edged Florida for the largest net gain of one-way U-Haul trucks in 2021. California and Illinois Mm -hmm. saw the greatest net losses. So this is not true migration. I just want to be clear on that. Just U-Haul. This is one-way U-Haul trucks. So it's it's also very specific to they're just taking a one-way trip. They're leaving the U-Haul in that new state. It's very interesting, though, because I think we did a, a – I feel like we were in the old office. So it had to have been maybe last year. I swear, didn't we do – We did United re- Van Lines. Well, no, 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 no. But we did a real word on how it was impossible for, for you to rent cars. So people were renting U-Hauls for, like, vacations, too. So it's interesting to see – it would be interesting to see how many of those – well, so- Remember that? We did that whole art. We did that whole yeah. article on that. Yeah. And and some of the northeast states, and some of those numbers have changed a little bit. Some, but some of the northeast states literally didn't have. They had a, a shortage of U-Hauls because people were taking these one-way trips right. out of the northeast states, yep. and just leaving them in you know the Sun Belt states. So, uh, Lone Star State earned, earned the bragging rates for 2021, narrowly besting Florida for top honors, according mm-hmm. to transactional data compiled for the annual U-Haul growth index. So Tennessee was third, South Carolina was fourth, and Arizona was fifth. And we did we did mention that California, Illinois were the last two. Mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, and Alabama round out the bottom five. New York was 45th. There was some improvement, though, for some of these Northeast states. Select Northeast markets showed year-over-year migration recoveries as Maine rose 21 spots, Vermont 14 spots, and Connecticut, Nicole, was up 25 spots I love it. in the U-Haul growth index. Uh, but yet, like we mentioned, New York, Mass, and Pennsylvania were still down in that bottom six. So Connecticut moved up 25 spots all the way to number 18. Feels good. That means we're above the above the middle. We're like the top top fifty percent. Forty three to to eighteen. That was one of the, if not the biggest mover on the entire list. Like Rhode Island, neighboring state to Connecticut, was relatively flat. Was thirty five last year. Well, went up Oregon, three spots to thirty two. Oregon beat us a little. They were at forty five and went up to fourteen. Ooh, there you go. So yeah. so people going in to Oregon. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Alaska, thirty fourth, up to sixteen. People saying, "You know what? I just want to be in Out? the middle of nowhere, nowhere <laughs> on the other side of Canada. I want yeah. it to be sunny all day long, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or dark all day long. I don't know what is it right now. Do I you think know? it's. I you're asking the wrong person. I just know that it's light a lot, and then I guess dark. I guess I don't know. But so yeah. the, the top three states have been flip-flopping over the last three years, Texas, Florida, and Tennessee. Makes a lot of sense. All three states have no state income tax. 
Texas and Florida are relatively warm. Tennessee doesn't, Tennessee's got odd weather, uh, but obviously it's got booming areas like Nashville and, oh, yeah. and, and it's got the no state income yep. tax. So uh, any surprises here besides Connecticut jumping 25 spots? Uh, I actually, I'm a little surprised. I'm a little surprised that um, Massachusetts kind of stayed flat, but I thought for sure maybe that would have moved up a little bit. But well, we saw like because we, you know, we did over 500 transactions in Connecticut yep. as, as a team, and we saw a bunch of buyers coming in from Mass, where it's like, hey, I got to get to Mass, but not really all that much. I can actually get a lower cost of living in Connecticut, which seemed, which is mind-boggling. But when you compare it to Mass, it's true. Mm-hmm. And so we saw some U-Hauls come in from Mass down to Connecticut. Yeah, I guess I'm just. I guess I'm a little surprised. And then New Hampshire, certainly I'm surprised New York New to Connecticut. Oh, one, oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, I guess I, I didn't feel like I saw many Mass. I feel like though, like historically, we've seen a lot of people buying in Mass instead of Connecticut, especially if they're retired because they don't get they're not getting taxed on that. Um, so I'm a little, I am a little surprised that that didn't move up a little bit. And then New Hampshire too. New Hampshire moved down in the rankings. I feel like yeah. I heard a lot of people moving up to New Hampshire. My father has a house in New Hampshire that he sold like within days to. Um, so I mean, the market's certainly hot up there. So I'm surprised that that didn't that didn't that moved down instead of up. But no, I mean, Matt, I, I love hearing Connecticut coming through. It's good. Matt Merrill, U-Haul era district vice president of the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex and West Texas, said. We see a lot of growth coming from the East and West Coast. A lot of people moving here from California and New York. We also see a lot of people coming in from the Chicago markets. I think it's a lot due to the job growth, a lot of opportunity here. The cost of living is much lower than those areas. Texas is open for business. When you look at Texas, Florida, Mm -hmm. Tennessee, I still believe we're in the early innings of this massive migration into those states because if you can work remotely, you avoid paying state income tax. If your job is relocating, they're likely relocating to one of those states. If they're coming out of the Northeast or California, Mm -hmm. they're likely going to Texas. They're likely going to South Florida. So if it's a nine inning baseball game, I think we're in like the second or third inning of this Hmm. migration. And we're going to see another 10, 15, maybe even 20 years of this type of migration down to those states, as long as they keep these policies that are working for them intact, like no, no state income taxes. Yeah. Well, I think where they have the benefit too is, is development. They have so much land still left to develop. I mean, I told you like if what, I think it was almost two years ago, we were, I was down in college station for St. Jude. And I mean, they were building 500 home communities with like new schools. I mean, that's, they're, they're building, they're still building neighborhoods and they, and they're, they're certainly not slowing down. No. And companies believe in the, in these areas. You look at what, uh, Facebook or Meta just did this week. They just bought up the rest of the available office space in this in this high rise in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. They already have office space in Texas. They're already telling people like in California you can work from home forever. And they just went out and just scooped up a whole bunch more of office space in Austin, Texas. Seems like an interesting move for a company that that is pro work from home, but they clearly believe in uh getting talent from from Texas. So interesting. Very. All right. Racket number two, the real estate trends. The yep. uh, Swanepoel Trends Report 17th edition is out. And with that, 
We have the Swanepoel Power 200 ranking, which you and I cover every single year. Nicole, by the way, uh, we're going to go over the 200 ranking oh, you have it. right now, but I've Look got my trends report just came in, I don't know, like three or four days ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be over the next couple of weeks dissecting a few things, a few trends that we'll talk about on this show, but I love it. And then you're hogging it even more because usually I can yeah. look over your shoulder and get some cliff notes, but now it's I'll have nothing. to se- I'll have to send you screenshots of mm. there's a there's a whole bunch of information. If if you're somebody who's really likes like I I really enjoy nerding out on this stuff. Yeah. If you enjoy nerding out on the residential real estate industry, this is a report. We get no money for promoting this, but this is a report I think you should pick up every single year. I think it's a couple hundred bucks. It's it's uh certainly a lot of good information. But uh, every year they do a Swanepoel Power 200 ranking. Mm-hmm. And this is basically, you know, not who's got the biggest company. You'll mm-hmm. see a lot of names, obviously, for the biggest companies, but it's more about who has the most influence and connectivity in the industry. So last year, Rich Barton was. Number one, Rich Barton, CEO of Zillow, he was named the most powerful uh, player industry leader by Swanepoel. This year, number one seat goes to Gary Keller, Keller Williams, co co founded Keller Williams in the early 80s. He's still at it. Uh, both his work and his writing has at this point influenced several generations of real estate agents. Number two on the list is a former Keller Williams agent, Glenn Sanford, who founded EXP just over 12 years ago. They're now uh, have surpassed 65,000 agents worldwide. So let's just go through the top five. You've got Gary Keller, you've got Glenn Sanford, one and two, Ryan Schneider from Realogy, Gino Blafari from Home Services of America, and Robert Refkin. Uh, CEO of Compass round out the top five. So you have the big five brokerages in the top five. You've got mm-hmm. KW, EXP, Realogy, who's you know conglomerate, uh, <laughs> Home Services of America, and Compass. The big five companies round out the top five, and then you have the tech companies. You've got Rich Barton, Zillow, mm-hmm. dropping from one to six. Eric Wu, Open Door, number seven. Shouldn't be in the top 10, in my opinion, but there he is. Number eight, Glenn Kelman for Redfin. Uh, Adam Contois, Remax, who just today on Inman, it was announced that he is no longer the CEO. Oh. Yeah. So uh, who was named the new CEO? This is just, this is like a headline that just came up this morning. Uh, so he, w- he was obviously the CEO of Remax, but he's set to depart Remax and Stephen Joyce has been named interim CEO. I didn't even get into that article, so I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he wouldn't have been number nine had that news obviously come out earlier. And then the three family members of Howard Hanna Real Estate are number 10. They're the largest family-owned real estate company. Of course, William Ravis, our brokerage, is the number two largest family-owned real estate in the country, they're both. I'm happy in the to top see a lady 10. face on the list here. At least yeah, Helen, lady face. Helen Hanna. I like Helen. Way to pull through, Helen. And uh, yeah, so the two big family-owned companies that are in the top ten. Everybody else is is either going public this year in the top ten, or 
is a public traded company mm-hmm. uh, in, ter- in terms of volume. So uh, there's the list. Tom Ferry's on the list in the 64. 60s. Yeah, yeah 64. 64. Mm-hmm. Brian Buffini, number 65. You didn't see Mike Ferry make the list, just Tom Ferry. Hmm. Did see a new, uh, newer, he's not new. I wouldn't say he's new. He's been doing it over a decade. Uh, I think he's new to the list. I could be mistaken on that, but you did see Jared James get oh, into- Look at Jared. I feel like he peaked maybe a few years ago, but clearly Oh, not. no. Come on. He peaked. Still... Stuff with that. I don't know. Well, he's like a local guy. He's He lives here in Connecticut. I feel like I saw him a lot being, you know, obviously in real estate, but then I-, I but maybe when we got maybe when I started getting into Tom, I I, I ditched Jared. I don't know. He's a really nice guy. No, he's, he's a nice and guy. he is. He, he does a great job. I, I know that Tom Ferry respects him. He has a coaching company. He came in at number two hundred, and uh, you can go through the list. We'll we'll link it up. Um, are you? What I do want to know, Nicole. Uh oh, you're going to ask me a question is, on this. You well, think I like have an answer? And I can give my opinion. Are Are you shocked on how <laughs> far? Shocked? How far Rich Barton from Zillow fell from number one to number six, and that the five brokerages have seemingly taken back control. The five major brokerages have taken back control of the industry. Um, I mean, you think I really care? <laughs> I care. I know you do. I'm just saying, though. I mean, I'm, I guess I guess I'm a little I guess I'm a little surprised. I mean, again, obviously Zillow's been in the headlines. Everyone's still talking about them, which in my in my mind makes them influential, right? We're talking about the most influential individuals in real estate. So I guess I am a little surprised, but again, at the end of the day, um, I'm not really losing sleep. The, over the it. biggest news in our industry is always what's happening with Zillow. So to put them number six, to put Rich Barton number six. I am a little surprised, mm-hmm. but maybe they're spreading the the love, the love, the recognition a little bit because despite Barton's fall, Zillow's president Susan Damler, who I heard speak about a year ago, mm-hmm. very intelligent. She made her debut on the rankings this year and got the twenty eighth spot. So not only did she debut in the top two hundred, she's all the way up to number twenty eight. So maybe they're saying, you know what, it's you her know, turn. Rich is great and all. But there's a team effort going on at Zillow, so we're going to spread the love a little bit. I know one of the other uh, presidents was in the top, I'd say, 20. Susan was 28. And then uh, Jeremy Waxman, number 17, chief operating officer. So they've got three people there in the top 28. So you know, maybe you don't have to have the number one spot. Maybe not. Again. Maybe uh, not. Another thing I, th- I thought was interesting. Yes. Because this is the power rankings, most influential people, the people that can swing the biggest shtick in real estate. Mm -hmm. I thought that Andrew Andy Florence, the founder and CEO of CoStar Group coming in at 15 was, it was a little low, I thought, because they're making some moves, CoStar. And if they want to focus in on residential real estate, They've got just about more money than anybody on this list to do it. He's kind of a gangster. So I thought 15 was a little bit low for hmm. the co-star group founder and CEO. I don't know. We'll maybe keep your eye on it for next year. Yeah. I think he's. if I had to make a, a bet on someone who's going to be higher than their position right now, I'd be betting on him for sure in 23. Hmm. All right. We got a marketeer. Stamp it, Stamp market- it Bobby. Yeah, stamp, stamp it up. 
stamp it up. Stamp it. Marketeer of the week, Nicole. Uh oh. We need. And your I don't ex- have the article. I'm not. I don't have. I'm not a Wall Street Journal. I'll read you the highlights. Please read it to it's me. From the Wall Street Journal. So if yep. you're, don't click the link if you're if you're not subscribed to Wall Street Journal. Well, you Street can Journal. read like a paragraph of it. Yeah, you yeah. can. Well, you can see the photo. We'll put the photo up anyways. Yeah, I love Our it. Our massive chandeliers in homes, the next really big thing. Some interior de- designers use gigantic fixtures mm-hmm. as big as ninety inches across, like the one that you see here in the photo, as functional art. Others reg- regulate uh, them to hotel lobbies. Mm-hmm. Here, experts illuminate both sides. So, Nicole, mm-hmm. ninety inches across i mean that's 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 what nine how nine that's like eight feet just yeah. about eight feet yeah you can see it just taking feet. over this room your eyes are drawn to it mm-hmm. good thing because the couch is a little ugly in this particular space <laughs> do you think this is i mean uh, one how tall ceilings do you have to have to pull something like this off and is this a trend that in 2022 <laughs> we're going to be seeing more often I don't know that you need to go as big as 90 inches, but you know me. I've if if it's not tile that I'm swooning over, it's definitely chandeliers that I'm swooning over. Um, I spend a lot less time trying to figure out wall color and definitely trying to figure out lighting. Um, because I agree, I think it's I think it's functional art. I mean, if you get a good piece up there, you don't even need anything else on the walls. So um I agree with you though. Obviously you have to be very conscientious of your of your height, like your ceiling height, and certainly the size of your room too. Um, or if again if it's over a a table or over in this situation it sounds like it's over a coffee table because you're talking shit about the 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 couch. Um I think you have to be mindful of where it's going. Look how but, small that I coffee mean, table is compared to the lighting I think, fixture. Uh, but I'm with it. I think bigger the better. I mean, at the end of the day, I, so you I do was, you do believe in bigger? The I better. love it. I think it's I think it's amazing. And I, I but again, at the end of the day, like I was going to say, it's it's really what you like. So I mean, it's all about like, it's all about size like. with you. I well easy, <laughs> easy. Uh, no, I do. I, I, I like, I do like big, I, I think with, but again, proportional, pr- like proportioned, um, I would never want it to outweigh a space, but I definitely would want it to be the focal point. So looks I think it's good great. in this space. There's no yeah. TV in this room. I don't think you'd put a TV when you have that big of a chandelier, It'd be too distracting from the game. Maybe from the game. Oh Lord. Yeah. Okay. We're it's t- NFL playoff time. <laughs> Oh, Georgia won last night. That yeah, was great. College season's over. That was yep. great. Yeah. I wasn't rooting for that. I'm such a big Nick Saban fan. I love hearing that that man just lead. I just speak. like when the underdog wins. I mean, they were what, seated third? I mean, come on. Right? No, uh, they, they were top two. Were they oh, I thought third? they were three. I thought they were three. Oh, they've been Alabama. Everybody knew where, where the top were the two, you know? Yeah. Well, so, whatever. Alabama got them earlier in the year. But yeah, I guess it's time for the dogs. I like it. I like the underdogs. I mean, hello, we're always rooting for the Giants. Come on. My yeah. kid actually, well, used to he, be good. he has a, a, you know, a, a bracket in his room and he actually put the Giants going to the Super Bowl. Before the season? <laughs> yes. Well, you know, he's hopeful. I mean, he's a diehard, a diehard. He's yeah. he's 11, so we got to give it to him. But. I had some rough years before we got Eli in my younger years. I had some Good, started with good years as a Giants fan when they beat the Bills in the Super Bowl, then had rough years, and then oh my god, the Bills that was years. what 91, 92? Yeah, it was like 90, I think. At yeah, he I remember that. I think I was yeah. in fifth or fifth grade. That was the first Super Bowl I ever watched. 
like so fun you know, end to end all right so anyway i love it i don't think it's a racket go yeah. go big or go home i love it i think it's still about the piece for me this one fits in this room it, it looks good uh, but you got to know what you're doing with the rest of the room. Nicole, make sure you're following Nicole. She knows what she's doing on design. She's finishing <laughs> up a investment flip project for us right now, which is yeah. looking Yeah, floors amazing. are getting done right now. So um, we'll be able to see the finished product hopefully by next week. All right. There you go. There it is. That's what we got. Again, coming up next couple of weeks, I'm going to go through some of the Swanapole Trends Report 17th edition. So if you don't want to buy it, Again, we get no money off of this, but if, if you're not going to buy it, we will cover some of the highlights in this year's edition on upcoming shows. We're going to go, th I think the United Van Lines report is out, so we'll have to go through that. For sure. The US Census data. We, we've got it. a lot of end of the year uh, numbers we got we to gotta go over as we start 22. So we're going to do all of that. It. Me Good. too. All right, guys. Uh, if, if you've been enjoying the show, please leave us a comment and consider subscribing. We'll see you guys next week. See you guys. Keep it real.